Welcome to the Up Level Dairy Podcast. This is the podcast for dairy owners, managers, and their trusted advisors who are looking to take themselves and their businesses to their next level of performance, resilience, and success in the dairy farming business. I'm your host, Peggy Coffeen, and it's my mission to bring you the stories and thought leaders to help take you to your next up level. If you're ready to up-level the human resources department at your dairy to be more than just a place for payroll and compliance tracking, this episode is for you. Join me in sitting in the HR office at Ebert Enterprises in Algoma, Wisconsin with Michelle Chambeau. We'll talk about culture, onboarding, implementing employee reviews, and the foundational steps she took to formalize an HR department that serves 160 employees across the Ebert's dairy and other diversified meat and food businesses. Michelle joined Ebert Enterprises as the HR manager in 2019, as this business owned by Randy, Renee, Jordan, and Whitney Ebert was in a major phase of growth and diversification. Not only did her duties include providing HR services for the 4,200 cow dairies employees, but also for Salmon's Meats, the local smoked meat business they had purchased, as well as their harvest facility for their beef on dairy business, Ebert Grown, and the Homestead Kitchen and Tap, their farm-to-table restaurant. This episode is sponsored by Nicolay National Bank. If you're looking to up-level your banking relationship with a lender who understands dairy and farming, Nicolay is here for you. With their team of 15 bankers serving Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Upper Michigan, Nicolay specializes in sitting down at the table with dairy, crop, and livestock farmers to position their businesses for a legacy of success. Real people, real conversations. That's what you can expect from the Nicolay Ag Lending Team. Listen all the way to the end of this podcast for a word from Nicolay on how to stay profitable as a dairy farming business in 2023. Enjoy this visit with Michelle Shambo at Ebert Enterprises. You came in on a time here, Michelle, when it was your job to take all of these moving parts, these different business entities, and all of these people... And to start putting it together, because what did HR look like when you came here? So there was some HR in place. So this is not like where I was coming from ground zero. Our office manager at the time was doing the new hire paperwork and like raises and information like that was happening. But really, I got to step in and add a lot of the structure. So uh, yes, and that was really different from like, the farm standpoint, then to an acquisition and then to a startup. So it was very like different kind of shifting what were the needs for those different areas of focus. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so I think, you know, where what you've identified, Michelle, is probably what a lot of other dairies, a place that they're at too, where they have pieces and parts mm-hmm. and they're growing and diversifying and moving so fast. And you get to a point where it's just time to kind of you know, use a, using the term up level, time to up level what HR looks like and the purpose and the vision and uh, and what's on that um, what's on that menu of what HR offers. Uh, so so yeah, where where did you start when you came in here? Yeah, so um, very quickly, I was able to have conversations with Jordan, Randy, Renee, and. Whitney. Jordan actually joined once Salmons. Um, we acquired Salmons is when he officially came back. But those conversations were happening ahead of time as well. So 
a lot of conversations with the family. And then from there, um, kind of providing the vision of what they wanted to, this to look like. And then from there, it was sometimes it was one-on-one conversations with employees. Sometimes it was small groups. Sometimes it was um, full staff meetings and just kind of like never claiming that we knew or had this all figured out because we were first starting a restaurant and um, food production, which necessarily is not our wheelhouse. Farming is the wheelhouse here. So our people were so patient and so kind. And I think going in, not having it all figured out really helped us to develop develop it alongside the employees that were there. Yeah. And so what I'm hearing from you, Michelle, is you talk about really creating this vision for what what the HR department would be. So it like, you know, I think sometimes it's a tendency to want to just rush into action, right? To rush into putting steps in place and protocols and creating new files and everything else. But you really took the time to work with the Ebert family and with the other leaders in the organization and these different entities to say, what is it that we want HR to be? Yeah. And so what did that look like? What did you guys come to a consensus of that you wanted this department to mean before you took that next step of putting meaningful meaningful action into play? Um, I think like for me, I want HR can have a range of opinions and stigmas against it like we don't want to go up to talk to those people or what are they doing who are they talking like what do they do all day they talk to people so I think it's really like where I want HR to be seen is very much um I want us to be servant leaders and I want to be seen as support for our people and um so it was very much that conversation um about like okay what do we want people to view there from the acquisition standpoint it was um, what do we want to keep in place that was already, they've had a successful three-generation business. So we don't want to just go in and change everything. What things do we want to keep? What do we want to add and put our own spin on it? And then from a startup standpoint, it was very much like, what do we want our employees offering as a experience for our customers? It was like, what are they going to wear? What are they going to, where are they going to punch in? Where are they going to like, just start up like everything from, from bottom up. And um, yeah, so that was just, I don't know if I answered your question, but (laughs) um, some of the things that went into that, that time of growth. Yeah. So really, you were looking at three different business entities, each with their own different levels of what have been working and where the opportunities to really um, to really grow were, including startup, which was starting from ground zero. Mm -hmm. Um, But going back to something that you said, Michelle, your your statement that um, when you thought about the vision and when you guys collectively talked about the vision of what the HR department would be, sometimes there might be a stigma from people coming from other organizations and other businesses that HR would be maybe a, a scary place or a place you didn't, an office you didn't want to get called yes. into. <laughs> but you uh, you said it differently. You said you wanted HR to be seen as a, a place of servant leadership. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about what that meant. Yeah. So I think, and and as I describe this, I, I'm sure there's some people who are like, we did not waste time on that. But like, we are willing to, um, if, if, if this is the first time someone's had health insurance, we are willing to help make that first appointment and get them like, okay, what is health insurance? Okay, going to the doctor's appointment, well, which doctors can I go to? And like, so servant leader can be, or servant um, 
serving our people can look like helping from something so minute that doesn't necessarily fully directly attribute to their work to then helping coach them how to maybe get to that next level on the dairy or in um, food manufacturing or with um, front of house service from like a bartender or waitstaff standpoint. So like really just looking at what does each individual employee need and helping the best we can. Yeah. So how did you determine what those individuals needed? So I think um, going back to when I first started in 2019, it was working alongside those that were milking or walking along when they were moving cattle to the rotary and just like asking them questions and just getting to know their family. And um, so starting for me, having those that foundation of getting to truly know the person allows for some of the not so fun conversations to happen. So I think that was my main focus when I came in for the first couple of weeks is just to work alongside the people and not necessarily, definitely not have an agenda, main agenda, getting to know like, yeah, Peggy, what, what makes you tick? Tell me about your family. What do you enjoy doing outside of work? And so I think that really allows hopefully our HR department to be seen as servant leaders and as approachable and helpful to our to our folks to um, then build for future conversations to come. Yeah. So, Michelle, what I'm hearing from you in this conversation is that, you know, your first steps were to have this vision and then really spend time getting to know people, getting to know what, you know, like you said, on a personal level, but also getting to know their needs. You know, and and probably gauging a little bit of their interest level in where they wanted where they wanted to see themselves with the company as you talk about, you know, creating opportunities for their own personal growth. Uh, so you did these things before you started creating forms and files and everything else. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> Step one. Step know your one. <laughs> no people, have the vision, right? And and so you really took the time to do that. And so take me forward to Step two. Okay. So yeah, just to expand a little bit on that, step one is really as like speaking to owners is probably getting really clear on the type of culture you want to create for your people. And that looks totally different at every dairy or at any company. Sometimes you might be very um, protocol driven. Sometimes you might be very understanding. It's kind of like, which do you want to be known for, for your people? And then um, kind of finding an HR person that fits that that suit. So I think Eberts are very, um, I, I couldn't work with everyone in that same capacity. And I think that I very much align with their vision um, is what made this work. So number one, I would say from an owner standpoint, determine that vision or what your culture you want that to look like for your employees. Um, then I would say number two would be you as the HR manager determining certain goals. So what do you want to do from like an orientation and onboarding standpoint, from a recruitment standpoint, evaluations, development, um, compliance, all of that, work and safety, like you kind of have a vision of what you want to do and where you want to go. But then step three, I would say kind of making that bite size and step by step, because I have a vision of like, well, I wanted it to look just like this, but if you have never had HR in your company before, you kind of got to get buy-in before you can get from zero to yeah. 60. Yeah. So what were some of those easy things that you could start creating that uh, kind of helped to get that buy-in? 
right? What were some of the, you mentioned the evaluations. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what, what did you bring in to the evaluations, like process, protocol, procedure for the dairy? So I think like evaluations was where I wanted to get. So I think the last steps that I took was like onboarding and orientation. I went, hey, our managers knowing our people. So it was like sending out pictures of new employees and saying like, where are they working? If you can go make this connection with them. Um, Then we would step to doing 90 day evaluations where it was me, the manager and the employee. And we sit down and like, how are things going? And then Eventually, we got to evaluations where that was, okay, now we're sitting down once a year to really focus in on that employee and their needs and what's going good with the employee and the manager. So it was kind of steps in that. Yeah. Okay. And so the, so like what this looked like then, just this piece of it was the onboarding piece, 90 day check-in evaluation, annual evaluation yep. annual review would yep. you call it that mm-hmm. um so I, I would like you to expand if you would michelle on that onboarding piece because i hear that from a lot of dairies that that's a piece that um can kind of get skirted over right when you bring in new employees and i mean especially on the milking crew because get them started milking right like yes. that doesn't stop because you have a new employee so can you maybe just lay out what onboarding looks like here at eberg uh, specific to the dairy crew yeah. So, and I think one thing just to note is hopefully like if we talk again in a year, we've evolved from where we're at today. So like nothing is hard and fast. So we've tried this and we've adjusted since I've started and I think we'll continue to adjust. So what we're doing right now from an onboarding standpoint is we have an admin um, spreadsheet that we use from like okay, we got to do all this from an administra- administrative standpoint, getting the person in our systems and um, putting their photo up, getting them communicated out among other managers. What we've also implemented is doing a training checklist for our parlor manager. And he is just a great, great trainer. And so like he is very much having a consistent message of how he is onboarding and training folks. And he does that their first week and then he follows up again in two weeks and just says okay where are we at and what are we missing and then he is very good at checking in with them continually but then we have that more for all 90 day after a while gotcha so you've really taken this kind of from a a top-down approach of saying okay we're creating this process and some structure but then you've got the buy-in from the manager to implement Mm -hmm. and and that's uh what 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 effect has that had on overall, you know, employee retention and satisfaction um, by taking some extra time for onboarding and also for those evaluations and follow-ups. So I I mean, I should really touch base with Cola and just get his opinion too, <laughs> but like, I think it has allowed um, our reputation in the um, community to grow. We have a lot of um, family members and friends that our employees are then recommending them to come work here. And so that that how I think we've treated and put that time to like talk with um, individuals and really invest with them has paid off as far as like for future recruitment type of things. And then I think it also has allowed um, there to be, we would love to have people to continue their career here. And so it's allowed for some um, employees to start in the Rotary, but then they've um, grown here too and that's part of getting to know them that 90 day. What else are you interested in learning? Where else do you 
want to expand yourself and kind of knowing where we can take it from there. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for laying out what that looks like and the results. And and it's probably not something that happens overnight, but you can look over time and see, like you said, where people are referring this as a place to want to work in this community. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so you gave this evaluations as an example of a place where you could kind of set a bigger goal and break it into bite-sized chunks. Uh, what's another example of one of the building blocks and foundational pieces for really making this a functional and formal HR department that you put into play at Ebert Enterprises? I mean, I could go workman's comp or safety, those kind of blend well together that ideally you would like no accidents. Ideally you're yeah. like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I want everyone to go home the way they came and yeah. that they're, they're, they're coming to work and going home safely. Um, and there's things where I could have came in day one and was like, okay, we're jumping to high vis. We are no longer doing this or we're, we're doing this type of safety protocol. And that is, that has not been the case. And we've done bite sizes with that, where we started with um, getting uniforms and then they have high vis. And so we're supplying that. And then we went to um, safety glasses and then where some of you I'm sure have already been doing this, we kind of have stepped and then um, we started doing a general safety that is open to all employees. And now we've started to build our training from that. So it, if we would have done that all day one, and we're not even to where some farms where we need to be eventually, but I think if we would have done that all day one, there would not have been as much buy-in as there is now. And part of that is building based on what the managers or employees need or that have happened. So it's really working together to figure out what that next step is. Thank you for expanding on that. And is there one, maybe one more foundational kind of blueprint block that you could share with others out there that are where you were at a couple of years ago? Oh, I I just, I truly think um, like a key or just a stepping point is just, I have not done any of this on my own. And I think listening to um, managers and employees of what they're looking for has really allowed us to kind of like build what this looks for, looks like. And so I think surrounding yourself with the team and not being like, it has to be done Michelle's way. This is the only way it can be done. It's like, okay, so we've had this problem. What do you guys think about like these three ideas? What do you think would, would be if we tried that or what do you think folks would gravitate towards? So I think really surrounding yourself with the team and listening to them to then determine what that next road of action looks like. Yeah. So Michelle, what I'm hearing from you when you talk about that is your approach to HR is, I mean, this isn't the dictatorship. This isn't, uh, this isn't the office where uh, rules are made and everyone has to just comply to them. This is the space that you're creating with your vision, with that consciousness to say, you want to be responsive to the needs of employees by actually talking with them Mm one-on-one, getting their feedback and using that to then create systems and structures around that. Yes. Um, Is there an example of maybe something that you have learned from having those conversations with employees that you've then brought into a practice or protocol or or done something different from the human resources side. I can tell you something that we tried and it kind of like flopped. It didn't really go. Those things are all good to know too. That's not, we all learn from from our trials. (laughs) Um, I think 
one thing that I would really like to focus as on is the development of our people. And so like one thing that we've tried is like, so we have these 90 days and we have these year things where people are like, um, they're working in the parlor and they're like, I really want to work with cabs. So we tried these info days where they could um, go to cabs or go to host trimming or go to um, equipment operating and just learn and ask questions and try. And they went over well, but I don't think they like necessarily hit the mark of what we're looking for. But that key motive, um, like evaluations in 90 days, like, hey, I want exposure to this or, hey, I'd like to spend time seeing feeding. And so I think where we've kind of landed is more like one on one and allowing them that opportunity during the day to do. But I don't have that one quite figured out. And that is something that you hear from people and they they want to grow and sometimes it's just to get out of the rotary well I don't want to move someone just out of the rotary I want to move them to where they want to go and so it's like finding that balance of like allowing them to grow and have exposure to things but then um if they don't have that tomorrow how do you still keep them engaged I don't know that we're still figuring out but that is something that I think from people that they've shared we just got to continue growing that and finding what works there Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that because what it says is that you were responding to the requests of employees and, and uh, I can tell that employees are pretty valuable to you personally, uh, because if you were sitting in this office with me and Michelle right now, what you would see is a bulletin board uh, to the side here. And it has a picture of every, is that every single employee? Yep. From all of the businesses, uh, all of the employees, their picture, name and the date that they started here. And uh, is this, when you look at this, is this your why? Oh my goodness. Yeah. People are my why. (laughs) Yes. They're, they're, I mean, we couldn't do, we couldn't have gone from dairy to an acquisition to then a startup without this. And so like that is hugely to the Ebert family and the reputation that they built that people want to be a part of this, which is really special. And we want to continue keeping that so that people want to be here, but we couldn't do a lot of what we've been able to do without, without them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that goes both ways because you're creating the atmosphere for them to succeed. And, uh, and that reminds me, uh, Michelle, there, there's, a uh, something I know that you did in the last year that, really helped you to go above and beyond to understand your employees and where many of them come from. Uh, You went on a trip. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, I, my goal in coming into this role was that I could have a conversation with every employee and that I could directly speak with every employee. And so we have two main languages here, English and Spanish. So um, last February, well, March and April, I got to go to Guatemala and do a full-on immersion trip. And so that was for two months. And that was really important to me. Like I looked at options in South America, but I'm like, no, Central America, that's where people are. We have folks from Nicaragua, Mexico, and then a few from Honduras and El Salvador. And so I went to Guatemala and basically found this teacher by... It was just by a fluke, like from someone in college, they're like, oh, I have a buddy who did an immersion trip and then got connected with this school in Guatemala and did some online courses and got to really feel comfortable and ask all my questions about this school. And then, yeah, go down there for two months. I did six hours of um, 
class where I got to learn Spanish um, six hours a day and then also live with a homestay family. And what was really cool, I could not say enough about this school was um, I could bring my interview questions or my 90-day or my year evaluation questions and we could practice them. So it was really, wow. yeah, it was so um, molded to exactly what I needed as a student. And it was it was awesome. It was very special. That is incredible. And so, so you spent this time on basically an immersion trip to yes. really understand where many of your employees, either where they come from or very close to where they come from. Uh, so how has that changed the way that you lead this department? So I think of anything, it probably just gives me, I'm such a fan. Like if I could have a job where I could just learn different cultures, like that would be my dream job. <laughs> it's just like to <laughs> travel. You kind of do, huh? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so like it gave me such an appreciation um, mainly for the background and for I would say from a religious standpoint, um, from I was there over Easter. So to actually see a holiday um, or it was just so special. And then I think also just how different Wisconsin is um, that folks are so used to walking down the street, probably seeing family and friends every day mm -hmm. and having those interactions. And I'm I'm sure many of you have already heard about how important um, salutations are, like your your buenos dias, buenas tardes, buenas noches. Like that is so important um, to not just jump into a conversation, but to really take the time and like, morning, how are you? And um, so that has been a big takeaway. Um, but I think just really having that appreciation of how different it is here and have having seen that firsthand. And so that's what you bring into your conversations with employees and, and what you share with the management team too, mm -hmm. huh? Yes, yes. Thank you for sharing about that experience. And Michelle, this has been so fun to sit down with you and to hear how you have really built out this formal human resources department here at the dairy and within the other businesses that the Ebert family operates and, uh, and you know, now we get to the fun part of the podcast. We've done with the meat and potatoes. That's just the time where I ask you our up level five. These are the five questions that are all about pushing your next level of performance personally and professionally. And so, Michelle, for you, question number one, what does success look like to you? Okay, so from a personal standpoint, I constantly want to be growing. So like I kind of alluded to in the beginning or somewhere in this podcast was like, if we sit down again, I hope that we've evolved from an HR standpoint. But that is really, I think, success for me personally is that each year I'm growing, I'm expanding my tool belt or just growing as a person, that that's really important. Success from a professional standpoint was or is <laughs> that I really want people to see me as a form of support and service and that I'm approachable, that they can really see or feel my heart that they're cared for. And so to me, if the, if someone has that mindset about myself or this depart department, that is what success is. Oh, I think you're winning. You're winning, Michelle. <laughs> okay. In three words, how do you want to show up each day? So um, my three words would be intention, faith, and curiosity. 
So faith, I like to have um, a practice, a daily practice where I, I give that as um, very much the start of my day and carry throughout as well. Um, and I think that leads to intention. Like, how do I want to start my day? How do I want to go about my day? How do I want to show up for people? Um, and then curiosity is, I think, one thing that is helpful from an HR standpoint. I don't take a lot of hard stances and I have to, you have to have a mindset that, um, like, am I serving the company, the owners, the managers, the employees, like having that scope of like many different opinions and like kind of being curious and like, okay, well, how do we get here? Why do you feel that way? And so curiosity is a big way of how I go about daily. As yeah. Well. And it sounds like that drives your success. And question number three, who are two or three thought leaders or influencers that you follow? So right now I am reading Brene Brown. I've read her before. And so I really enjoy um, her way of finding connection with others by being vulnerable yourself. Um, additionally, I was introduced to the Dave Ramsey network more from a personal financial standpoint. But what I've really been gravi gravitating towards lately is their entre leadership. And they feature a lot of thought leaders that I have heard or seen through different leadership type conferences or speeches with like Patrick Lencioni or Simon Sinek. So I just am all that kind of stuff. But my two would be Brene Brown and the Entre Leadership by Ramsey Solutions. Excellent. Thank you for sharing those. And question number four, what words do you live by? Okay. So this one, I was like, I could go a lot of different ways, but I, I actually thought about a song by Brothers Osborne and it's called Make It a Good One. And I just feel like we all have this one precious life to live and it goes so fast. And it talks about like, you're going to pour one, make it a strong one and give your heart, your full heart to someone. And, um, goodness, just so many words. And then like, it, it also talks about like, if you tell God your plans, you're going to make him laugh. And so like, I just love all those lyrics. And I think that's just a song that um, fully just is how I want to go about life. Oh, that is beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. I think we might be soul sisters, Michelle. <laughs> I love that. All right. And question number five, what is your next personal up level? What's that area of your life? And this is I'm really interested in because, uh, all, I, I've heard you talk so much about what you're doing for others. What's your personal up level? Okay, so I I had one professionally, but that is about others that I want to. <laughs> you get that you can share both, <laughs> but that one is like. So now we kind of have our structure in place, and we we've, we've built some of this of what we want it to look like from a business standpoint. That now it's that next up level for our people. I would say is truly to figure out like how do we best help serve developing folks? And I don't know what that fully looks like because I want to allow people opportunities, but also that people in those roles don't feel threatened. So it's kind of like a balancing act of figuring that out. But personally, um, one thing that I would just like to up-level is I can often give other people's opinions um, quite high stock. And so like, I would just love to... Um, uh, maybe take them, but don't allow them to have true power over and like just truly living authentically, Michelle. Um, so I think that would be personally what I'm looking to upload. Oh, I love that. It reminds me of a, a quote that I'm going to get wrong, but it's something to the effect of 
only take advice from the people who already are where you want to be. Yes. Yeah. Oh. There we go. Thank you. For your bulletin board. (laughs) Excellent. Well, Michelle, this has been so fun to sit with you, to learn from you, and to just really, um, really get this feel for what it's like to be with you in your office. And let me tell you, this is not a scary place, the HR office at Ebert Enterprises. (laughs) This is a a place that exudes servant leadership. And it's because of this, uh, this woman that's sitting right here, Michelle Chambeau. Thank you so much. This episode is sponsored by Nicolay National Bank. If you are looking to up-level your banking relationship with a lender who understands dairy and farming, Nicolay is here for you. With their team of 15 bankers serving Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Upper Michigan, Nicolay specializes in sitting down at the table with dairy crop and livestock farmers to position their businesses for a legacy of success. Real people, real conversations, that's what you can expect from the Nicolay Egg Lending Team. And today we have a member of the Nicolay Egg Lending team right here on the Up Level Dairy Podcast. Welcome, Kevin Coffeen. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. (laughs) And so uh, maybe you've noticed Kevin and I share the same last name because Kevin is also my husband. And so I'm excited to bring him on the podcast today for these few minutes so he can share some of his knowledge of the dairy clients that he works with throughout Northeast Wisconsin. And so, Kevin, my question that I have for you today is what are the conversations you are having to help your dairy clients be successful looking ahead into 2023 and the rest of what this year could look like? That's a, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, honestly, right now, it isn't a time to panic. We've we've seen these uh, markets before. We went from higher milk prices to lower milk prices. Uh, we're crossing over from 2022 to 2023. Um, I think that the big thing is just not to panic. Get back to the fundamentals, um, back to creating a good business plan, um, creating a good projection for 2023, and then evaluating that projection quarterly or monthly, depending on whatever works in uh, your business structure. Um, so basically just stop stop uh, doing what you're doing in the past because the markets have changed a little bit and just reevaluate uh, what, we, what we've got in front of us today and then um, just look for opportunities, look for opportunities to... Um, you know, contract your, your inputs and your outputs. Um, and that's what it comes down to is just protecting the margin. If you've got a good projection, uh, you know where you're at, you know your break-evens are at, and make sure it's a true break-even, a break-even that includes your family living, your your debt service. And if you're confident in the break-even and the projections you put together, just stick to the basics and uh, listen to your advisors, listen to the people that you work with, listen to your, your milk plants. If you haven't had a meeting with the uh, some a representative of your milk plant, it might be a good time just to sit down with them and see what they're looking for uh, for the best quality product. Because I will tell you, if I look at my portfolio over the last 10 years, um, the basis that you're paying on your milk has probably been the biggest difference between the profitability of some of the different farms and um, meeting the demand of what uh, your milk plant is looking for. Essentially, if you sit down with them and they tell you what, what their ideal milk is, do what you have to do to get there because uh, a good relationship with your uh, Milk plants is very important, as we all know. Excellent, Kevin. Well, thank you for sharing those great tips for other dairy producers out there to listen to. And and just to recap a little bit, what you shared with us today is knowing those numbers, taking time to reevaluate, knowing that true cost of production, and listening and having these critical conversations, especially with our milk plants. And so thank you, Kevin, for sharing these tips on the Uplevel Dairy Podcast. And if you're looking to reach out to any of the egg lenders on the Nicolay team, you can find contact information in our show notes. 
Thank you for listening to the Up Level Dairy Podcast. I'm your host, Peggy Coffeen. And if you like what you heard today, go ahead and head on over to upleveldairy.com to read the blog and join the Up Level Dairy email list so you can receive new podcasts, blogs, and special offers coming soon from Up Level Dairy straight in your inbox. To listen to more episodes, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, and don't forget to rate and review. Connect with me, Peggy, at Peggy at UpLevelDairy.com and follow Up Level Dairy on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn.